0: We're here with uh, Ramson Cannon, who just wrote an article uh, this week on Why Police Don't Need Unions. And I figured, you know, he'd be a good fit for this week because with everything that's been going on, obviously, since George Floyd's murder and just everyone knows what's going on. You can't uh, get around it. Alex, I know you were posting, like, Backlash Blues by Nina Simone a few days ago, and that kind of stuff got me thinking. There's plenty of, like... Obviously the vast majority of songs about cops are anti-cop. So we were just talking about earlier. Like, are there any pro cop songs out there at all? You know? It's <laughs> like who who makes pro cop music?
1: It's hard to find. Um I've I found a pro cop playlist at uh Proudpolicewife.com.
0: <laughs> God, that's such a fucking funny URL.
1: But uh and I'm I'm pretty sure she wrote a book too, uh about being a cop's wife. Um, but her playlist is really fucked because it's just basically like, it's got a five-finger death punch song called uh, When the oh, yeah, seasons, seasons Change, which I'm totally unfamiliar with. But it also has I Fought the Law by The Clash on it <laughs> and, and The Sound of Silence by Disturbed and The Cops theme yeah. song and The Middle by Jimmy Eat World, which I think she just put on there because she likes it. But so it, I
0: looked up the um, Five Finger Death Punch song and that's like the most pro-cop band on earth and the song has nothing to do with cops.
1: So that's a that's a band that's just been sort of absorbed into co- cop culture. Like,
0: Yeah, they do music videos where they like steal valor and pretend to sign up for the military and shit but I don't think like the actual substance of the lyrics even touches on that stuff.
1: My favorite addition to this playlist is fucking Highway Patrol Man by Bruce Springsteen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which is? I still think the Clash is the funniest. Yeah, yeah, yeah
2: totally. I like, fought you, the law, and the law won. Yeah, and I think yeah. it was justified. They did a great job. They followed all the rules, and I'm happy to be in jail now. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm
1: changing my ways.
3: The the inclusion of the the cops theme is interesting because isn't it supposed to be? Isn't the point of that one like they're like uh, the cops are a terrifying force that you should be scared of because they're bad
1: yeah they're bad bob marley wrote bad bad that
2: <laughs> about how they need to legalize it
1: yeah <laughs> legalize police brutality by bob marley yeah
0: god actually that makes me think of an episode of cops that i remember really vividly where like they pull over this like teenage kid who was like smoking weed in his car and the cops are trying to like get him to think it's like a really bad thing and they're like what if you got onto an airplane and the airplane pilot had been smoking weed. Would you want to be on that plane? And he was like, "Yeah, I don't see any problem with that. I trust him." <laughs> I just love love the kids with the wherewithal to just be like, "Yeah, no shit, fuck you, man." Yeah.
3: Um, the uh, the 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 cops theme has the lyrics include, "Police don't give you no break," uh, <laughs> <laughs> which. <laughs> I think yeah, that's a
2: good thing. Cop people think that is a good yeah, thing. Yeah, I guess if
3: you're like a Punisher logo ass, you know, like yeah. you, you like anything that makes it sound like the cops are like terrifying and vicious, even though that's clearly not what, I mean, I guess that's the problem, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Directly to It literally
0: is. is pro-cop culture, it is like the Punisher logo and like, we're going to fucking kill you and shit.
1: Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's Judge Dredd shit. It sucks.
3: So even the anti-cop songs, in a way pro cop songs to them. They're like yeah. Un, yeah. they're undiscible in that way. Yeah. They're like, "Oh, yeah. did you call us like murderous psychopaths? Thank you." That's
0: great. Yeah. That's the funny thing about um about Five Finger Death Punch because it's like I think their love of cops and their love of troops has no distinction because cops are troops to them. It's just like heavily militarized like go right. out and get them I think they
2: love a man in uniform.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
3: just poured into those uniforms, especially <laughs> here in Chicago. Mm. Yeah. Um, I, I was, I was going to, I was going to ask, I'm, I'm a, I'm, you know, a brown person, so I, I'm, forgive my ignorance about this. I was going to ask if Dropkick Murphys, are they pro or anti-cop?
1: I, when, when we started talking about pro cop songs, that was the first band that popped in my head. Um, and I don't know.
2: I, the cops in the wire
3: like them, or was that the Pogues? Oh, it was oh the Pogues,
2: right. but yeah, similar thing. With
3: the Pogues. I don't know. Some like very Irishy punkish band, right?
0: I feel like Alex, you have to answer for Dropkick Murphys by being from Massachusetts.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't think they have like pro cop lyrics, but I assume a huge portion of their fan base is cops because it's Irish guys in Boston. Yeah, they have a copy vibe. Same thing as Bruce Springsteen honestly, like so many guys in New Jersey are cops.
1: Oh no, they're pro cops. They're pro cops. They wrote a song called "John Law." (laughs) Ooh, can you pull Uh, up the lyrics to that? Yeah, no, no, I'll, I'll read them right now. Um, Let me tell you about a man named John Law. He's a neighborhood cop, the toughest, toughest man I ever saw. A man who knows his duty. A man with a gun to the people in the neighborhood. John Law is number one.
3: Oh my God!
1: <laughs> when it, gets, cool it gets better, it gets better. Verse two: When John Law is not kicking ass on robbers and rapists, he's helping little kids deliver newspapers. When he's not chasing crackheads from their perch, he's helping old ladies on their way to church. Oh my goodness! <laughs> he walks the beat, riding scumbags from the street. He turns a he turns his eye to petty crime. Because John Law will never drop the dime. Suburban anarchists who never broke the law sing about police oppression, but they never met John Law. He doesn't fuck with young <laughs> kids drinking in the park. He makes the city safe for women after dark. Ladies and gentlemen, the Dropkick Murphys. Fuck you.
2: <laughs> that shit stinks. That'd I'm very proud f- of my white-dar instinct.
1: Fucking sucks ass. <laughs> Yeah, seriously,
2: dude. Good call. <laughs> they need to be deported back to Ireland.
1: Yes. <laughs> Repatriate them to Belfast immediately.
3: Send them back. Yeah. Um, that is very fitting with, like, a certain... I guess the Dropkick Murphys are, like, the last to speak to, like, Irish white ethnics. You know? Um, yeah. Yeah, totally. Which have kind of disappeared as a group for the most part. But, like, the, the Dropkick Murphys are, are keeping the flame alive.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's, I mean, I don't think it's entirely genuine. I think it's definitely like they know that there's a market for that and they will play it kind of to the hilt, you know? Mm-hmm. Like Dan, you should start doing that by writing songs about like maple leaves and mounted police <laughs> and shit. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I was pretty disappointed as a Canadian to see like when, when the uprising started you know when these protests started to see a lot of not necessarily people i respect but people whose whose politics aren't terrible in canada start talking about how how great canada was in comparison to the united states which is you know like absolute bullshit like yeah uh, didn't
0: you have like a bunch of like first nations protests recently and stuff
1: well yeah yeah i mean that that was kind of the thing there were there were two points that stuck out to me because i could go on about this forever but um the first one was the day that the the uh, Minneapolis protests kicked off, the Toronto Police Department uh, murdered a black woman by pushing her off of a twenty fourth story balcony. Um, and it was a mental health call. So oh you know, she had called like in crisis, and they killed her. So there was that. And then there was uh, there was a recent murder actually today by cops of an indigenous woman. In New Brunswick, also a mental health call. Uh, but the worst, uh, you know, like, f- for, the, for the sort of twisted Canadian, like, political line on this was our prime minister talking about how, you know, the values of this country and, like, not deploying the military on citizens. When they literally did that, like, months ago, just a few months ago during the Wet'suwet'en protests. So, yeah, exactly. yeah, indigenous people shut down, essentially shut down rail lines in this country very effectively, very quickly, and the military got called in. Like, so Canadians need to shut up and kind of get on board and reassess their own country.
2: Mounted warriors are more powerful than infantry.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs>
0: this is true.
3: Yeah,
2: it's true. If it was like a game,
0: they would be like a more expensive unit to build.
3: I was just gonna say, if Civ Six has taught me anything, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you got to use spears against him. That's right. <laughs> are the um, the the Mounties? Are they like uh, like state troopers, sort of? Do they get called in at the, as a last resort. For
1: sure? uh, uh, they're RCMP, so Royal Canadian Mounted Police. They're kind of like the they're like the federal police force, and mm-hmm. and the ones on horses you really only see as like kind of a. Patriotic display. I saw uh, I saw Mounties at the Toronto airport once, and I was I was really upset because I, I was just like, if I was a horse, I would not want to be stuck at Lester B. Pearson Airport, like <laughs> like just fucking constantly walking back and forth of, in front of like Tim Hortons, you know, and getting.
0: I think Chicago is finally about to outlaw like the horse carriage rides downtown.
1: Oh, really?
2: The handsome cabs. They must be so disoriented. Like yeah, all the cars those... and all the noise and stuff. They're supposed to be on the step. <laughs> yeah. They're not supposed to be in an urban environment. They have no, no they have idea what's going on. they have to put
3: blinders on them. Yeah, and they have to put blinders on them to keep them from freaking out.
1: That's right, yeah.
3: There was like a, there was like a little, like, it wasn't a scandal. Kerfuffle, maybe is the right word. Uh, in the early 2000s, when an alderman in Chicago tried to pass a law that they had to wear diapers.
0: <laughs> 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 I did not know about that. Yeah.
3: We didn't pass Paris. that? It did not pass. I think there was a, a compromise where they had to put like a they had to essentially like hang a bag under their asses.
1: What?
2: I don't see the downside oh, wow. of the diapers. It's funny, there's less poop on the street. It's more work for the police. <laughs> yeah. That's what, yeah, that's a good way to
0: transition the police force into something else productive. Just cleaning up after the horses.
1: Yeah, put all the horses put all the cops on horses and then um You know, just like have the leftover cops cleaning up the worst shit. (laughs) Keep them busy, you know?
0: I'm still thinking about how funny it would be for Wolf Parade to do really like Canadian iconography. I'm just imagining like at a show you could have the shape of a maple leaf but in it is a wolf like (laughs) like one of those wolf t-shirts that like the three wolf t-shirt that people would wear
1: charles you joke type of wolf you joke but you're describing like you know a good 75 percent of like uh we've talked about this before but cancon music that never (laughs) never filters down to uh america there's
2: a wolf there yeah speaking of
1: yeah the cry of the the cry of the chicago wolf
2: yeah i can just imagine the wolf on a maple leaf yeah that would run like uh an awful quilt on the wall that's like you bump into it with your elbow and it just explodes dust all over the room
1: yes (laughs) yeah
0: um in terms of other stuff we were kind of talking about before we started recording dan you had mentioned that like the strokes made a kind of cringy post so i looked it up and it's really interesting because it begins with them being like, "We stand in solidarity against the disproportionate systemic violence toward Black citizens in the U.S." But then by the end of it, it's like, "Let's keep protesting peacefully, and maybe we'll even get cops to join us." New York As City cops, New yeah, York City.
2: infiltrating. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, Totally. They're there already. I, they were
0: on the right path for about a paragraph of yeah. their statement, though. I think being <laughs> went off the rails.
1: Being a rich musician equals being a reactionary, like, and there's there's very few exceptions to that rule.
0: Totally. And those guys like mostly grew up rich too,
3: so it oh yeah, surprise me much. What is the point of that? Like, I get, I, I would get if if their management or whatever was like, "Hey, you have to put out a statement because people are going to be like, because you're diehards, I guess, are going to be like." where are the strokes on the pro te- But like, why not just, why qualify it? I don't know. Is it because, I mean, I don't know the industry very well. Is it because they, they would, if they didn't end it with some, you know, sappy note like that, they would be afraid they would lose fans who'd be like, they didn't shout out the cops.
1: Yeah, basically. I, th- I think I've been thinking about that a lot, ref, and, 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 um, you know, some of the more disappointing takes from, from people like the guy from the national who was basically misidentified as an antifa organizer. <laughs> I don't know if you guys followed that whole thing, yeah, that it was, was fucking amazing, but like he you know the, these sort of limp statements from people i I think are coming from a place of the the industry is in absolute economic like crisis right now, and I think people are extremely worried about their future and they're like well that one guy who likes the strokes or the national or likes my band you know might be pro cop or at least anti violence at protests so i don't want to i don't want to i don't want to piss them off you know which is pretty craven i think
2: like i think they misjudge the cost benefit on it I think it makes more people mad than it would, like, preserve in your fan base. I totally agree. Especially, like, we're saying, since on their
0: first album, they had the song about how New York City cops are not smart. (laughs) (laughs) It seems like you could just stick with that.
3: Yeah. Because, yeah, I think Alex is right about the cost-benefit. Because it seems, it's kind of like with sports. The people who are most likely to be, like, either pro-cop or, you know, anti-violence at protests, in quotes they're the people who are always like, just stick to sports or just stick to music, right? Like, you're probably fine saying nothing. Exactly. Or saying something very anodyne. Um, Like, you don't got to throw them a bone about like how you, like, let's be friends with the cops. Like, they, they just want to not think about it. Their whole thing is always just like, you're a musician, just stick to music. You're an athlete, just stick to sports.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that's it. And yeah, I think it works the other way too with like, the, that Blackout Tuesday action that took place, like, just the sheer surrealness of seeing, like, the Pokemon Twitter account yeah. <laughs> tweeting out Black Lives Matter and then doubling down and, and tweeting out a photo. Like, I, I don't know. I'm not familiar, too familiar with Pokemon, but I am familiar. Did they tweet out Jinx? I am familiar with the sort of <laughs> Japanese animation style is if they want to render a person of color, they just draw the same thing and then dump the brown, you know, click the brown paint. Yeah. Icon. It's like super like really it's ridiculous. like
0: maybe, maybe just don't fucking say anything at all. <laughs> Who the fuck started the corporations doing the blackout thing? Like,
1: uh, I don't know, but I do know that, um, like, uh, what is his name? Len Blavatnik. Do you guys know this, this, uh, Bless you. <laughs> uh, he's he's like he runs Warner, and uh, he's arguably like probably the most successful Soviet immigrant to the United States. He's a he's a billionaire. Uh, he you know made huge financial gains, uh, pulling like classic oligarch moves uh, when Russia's economy was being liberalized, and he donated a hundred million dollars to. Yesterday, what he called uh, social justice businesses, which were not totally defined. Like, I'm not sure what those are. Yeah. But, you know, and people were applauding Warner for like kind of putting their money where their their mouth was, uh, so to speak. But then people were reminded of the fact that Blavodnik donated $6.5 million to Trump and very strategically Republican candidates between two thousand fourteen and two thousand sixteen, so you know,
0: yeah, it's such bullshit.
1: It's total bullshit. It's very performative, and it's and it's it's kind of insidious in a way. Like,
2: what would a social justice business be? I, I honestly don't know. I don't. Like, it has to be. If it's a business, it has to make a profit. It can't be like a nonprofit or a charity. So, is it like? Like, what would that be? Like, a coffee shop that only employs black people?
1: It's an app that scans your feed for the hard R word and then uh, replaces it with, like, a redacted thing or something. That's probably
2: what it is.
0: A Republican uh, billionaire's idea of a social justice business is uh, Herman Cain's pizza chain.
3: (laughs) Yes. But there's there's whole-ass, like, institutes for social entrepreneurship. And it's usually, like, what was that company that donated... Like a pair of shoes or whatever they sold those shitty shoes. Oh and, shit, you're right. What Tom's. is that? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's what they they imagine it is. It's like yeah, you know, yeah. Donate the shoes. Now you're a social entrepreneur.
1: Yeah, I actually, Ramson, I wanted to talk to you about this. Uh, I, are you familiar with the No Evil uh, Foods company? Yes. Okay. Did you see? Uh, so that so they got busted. Uh, well, they got caught union busting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then two days ago, th- there's a thread which I think they might have deleted, where they're arguing arguing with somebody and essentially just threw out, "Well, uh, you don't like police, and police have unions," like as kind of a, <laughs> as, as, as kind of a bizarre like feint towards social justice and to double down on their revolutionary cred- credentials, but also to be like unions are bad. <laughs>
3: Yeah. Unions protect unions, which are just one big institution, protect cops. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I did see that. Um, that's hilarious, but that is actually something, I mean, it's on a continuum because that's also something it's something people say about like, well, not all unions are good. What about police unions? But then that's also eventually becomes the argument against teachers unions too. Right. Um, and frankly, if, if like the food service industry in the United States was heavily unionized and they had gone out on strike during the pandemic over being f- not given protective equipment or whatever, people would have been saying the same exact thing about them. They'd be like, it's not fair for them to have a union. We need food, you know? Right. Like anytime. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's, except in the case of police unions, which police should not have unions, but, um, you know. Th- yeah, that's, we should that's get a, into
0: that for a little bit. Um, yeah, I want to talk about that. To, I think to me, like the most sort of plain language um. And concise takeaway from your article, Ramson is that like essentially a police union does not win concessions from capital. Like a normal union does police don't exist at the service of labor or anything, you know, like the purpose of the union is different along those lines, you know?
3: Right. Yeah. Like the, the police are an extension of the capitalist state. So they're not in an adversarial relationship with the state. So they, they, so them having a union just gives them the power to be basically like a state within a state to have autonomy, which is why we see them, why we're witnessing like a nationwide police riot. Whereas like a teacher's union exists because the working class forced public school onto the state and forced, uh, you know, um, uh, these jobs to be like um, living wage jobs. Uh, And, but the working class didn't fight for the creation of, Metropolitan militarized metropolitan police forces. They came from slave patrols and anti-worker, uh, you know, brigades. Basically, yeah, um, they're the the opposite of the other public sector unions.
1: That's right. Yeah, the the whole uh, existence of the RCMP in Canada is uh, a colonial police force that was created to basically back up colonists if they had any sort of violent interaction uh, with indigenous people while they were busy taking their land. So, you know, the, the argument in Canada for reforming and getting rid of the police is is an anti-colonial argument, uh, you know, to basically raise it and, and start, it, start from zero. You know, it's the only way to fix it.
3: Right. I mean, the, the imagery, I guess, I never really thought about that until having this conversation with you, uh, but the imagery of them, they look like cavalry. Yeah, which is like a settler ass thing to look like. <laughs>
1: it really is.
3: Um, yeah, I mean that that uh, the question of I mean th- this is something that like I, t- I touch on in the article, but like people in in the labor movement have struggled with that don't have a more sort of like socialist view of it, um, which is you know all workers deserve unions, and it's like well, the, everybody in the working class deserves a union, and the police are just not in the working class because they they don't have an adversarial relationship with the capitalist state they have a complementary relationship when they fight with their employer the state it's it's more similar to like when industries fight each other um you know like the coal industry fighting against the solar panel industry or something right um you know it's closer to that than it is to workers fighting their bosses
0: yeah i think um once you think about it that way if we have police unions, now I'm going to argue for a CEO's union.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. That's my new goal in life is to organize a CEO's union with like Jeff Bezos and shit. <laughs>
2: Collective I bargaining. I think that's what Quibi is.
3: What is Quibi? what is Quibi? What is Quibi?
2: It's like the CEO of eBay and like the CEO of Google. Oh, it's a Like a, a, a bunch group? of ex-CEO. Yeah, it's like a CEO super group. And like I didn't it know made that. them that's all awesome. stupider. <laughs> what is it
3: what, what what does it do? Yeah, what is its
2: function? It's It's like pre-made 10-minute videos.
0: Yeah, it's like, like if a TV show content. is too long to you, but a YouTube show is too short. They figured people want like an eight to ten minute video for some reason. Oh,
1: they algorithmically determined like the optimal human attention span, and then <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, that's what it seems like. Cool. And it was just <laughs> totally off. And they blamed it on coronavirus, which doesn't make sense because people have more time to watch stuff. Exactly. Yeah, right. everything else less. is going up.
3: Yeah, yeah. So, is it like? Is it like a network like Netflix where they like are paying people to produce content on it? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. There's like, like a Christian
2: cooking show. show. Yeah, there's like Chance the Rapper Punked. Right? Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just the worst like boardroom shows. Like how how if we how about if we had X do X? And a bunch <laughs> of like people in their seventies are like, Oh yeah, that
0: sounds good. Here's the thing, though. If those CEOs had a union, they might have been able to uh, get higher wages and come up with better ideas.
1: That's true.
3: I just had a very, when you said that, Alex, I had a funny image of like a very old board member, like the one guy who still comes in suspenders and a bow tie. And he's like, what if Jimmy Durante, you know, was a phone operator or something <laughs> just, like way behind everybody else? Yeah.
2: <laughs> How about a variety show with Frankie Valli? Yeah. <laughs> What if Mr. Ed, the talking horse, yeah. just a, what if he joined the RCMP? Just a, gil, a gilded, <laughs> yeah.
1: a gilded age uh, CEO talking about like a zeppelin themed uh, zeppelin themed series. Yeah, it's basically just Mr. Yeah. Burns. Yeah. Exactly.
3: I would. Yeah, what if we that. had Mata Hari piloting a zeppelin? Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man. So it's so it's basically the opposite of Means T V or like
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's already failed though, right? Like
2: Yeah, they I'm sure they're just burning cash and still exist. But. Yeah, it's one of those companies that they kind of expected to be burning money for the first couple of years until it like gains enough market share to have a monopoly, like Uber or those companies. But the market is just so crowded there that you can never overtake it. Like, how are you going to compete with YouTube and Netflix? You just can't do it. So it's just a matter of time until they run out of money. Well, they're they're
1: offering a different product. They're offering something that's not quite as good, and there's less of it. And you have yeah.
0: to pay money. <laughs> that's Nobody true. There is a market for content, for content that's worse, yeah, and you get less of it for the same amount of money. That's a good yeah. niche to go after.
2: I'm always complaining that Netflix has too much good programming. (laughs) I don't have time to watch all these good movies. So I've got this other uh, Blue Lives Matter police playlist that I found on Spotify. I'm searching through it for police to find pro-cop music. And it's mostly a playlist called, like, Fuck the Police or ACAB, <laughs> but this one is called Police Tribute slash Motivation Music, supporting the men and woman, it, singular, <laughs> in law enforcement. God bless the one. <laughs> I guess they got one of them, and it's Imagine Dragons, Behind Blue Eyes by Limp Bizkit. Yes, Disturb, Sound of Silence, Nickelback. Uh, Johnny Cash covering I Won't Back Down by Tom Petty.
1: Oh, come on.
2: Are any of these songs explicitly about cops? It doesn't sound like it yet. Not really. Like Toy Soldiers by Eminem. It's just like <laughs> a certain feeling more than a thematic thing. It's like, oh, yeah. Mad World is on there. Is
1: that is that feeling completely what? misinterpreting the theme of a song?
2: <laughs> yeah, it's just anything that's like outwardly narcissistic and whiny and brooding and just like unself-aware, like fred durst singing behind blue eyes
1: so yeah
2: or m and i'm still just losing it thinking thinking back
0: on uh i fought the law being pro cop because (laughs) the law won that's so funny
1: yeah hey they they won they won man they did it yeah
3: is is police and thieves by the clash on that list because that that one's Kind of ambiguous they it's don't really take a side one. between the police and the thieves yeah <laughs> I don't know if uh, just so the these nation. people know about yeah the but it's
1: got the it's got the like all the peacemakers third world officer one yeah, in it true. which is I got I gotta ask you guys as Americans how I I mean how did police culture become a subculture in the United States like how did how did that happen? because there's a little bit of that here but i feel like it's only imported from um, like exposure to american facebook pages and shit but but uh but the idea of of like there being a subculture around police i know it's linked to like loving like the the sort of subculture around troops too but it's it's as a as an outsider it's very strange it's it's really weird
2: a lot of it goes back to civil rights backlash in yeah. like the original slave patrol context, uh, a lot of it's nine eleven.
1: Yeah, right.
2: Lots of cops are hero stuff after nine eleven. I guess that's more. And what then I'm they sort about. of became, they got merged with the troops, both in that they got all the troops' weapons and that they were treated the same as the troops.
1: Right.
0: Yeah. Why don't yeah, the I, troops have a union yet either? <laughs>
3: <laughs> a troops union. They troops. do have
2: more guns than the generals. They do. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. I think nine eleven was a huge part of it. The, the, there was the whole like Nixon's law and order thing in the late sixties res like Alex was saying in response to the civil rights movement. And that culminated in sort of stuff like dirty Harry. Right. Where there was a lot of like, you know, dirty Harry's whole thing was like, uh, The the whole theme of it was like oh some liberal judge you know if I arrest this guy some liberal judge is just gonna let him out on a technicality so I'm just gonna like murder this guy (laughs) instead of arresting him.
1: It's a Um, total reactionary like uh, totally reactionary like apocalypse of the '60s political conditions mm -hmm. create uh, like a bureaucratic hell where you can't where you can't enact justice.
3: Right. Yeah, there was there was like the anxiety be uh, the anxiety about um, like lawless cities, which was basically just because like segregation was just kind of starting to like loosen up. Right. By the '70s, and so like you know there was there was an increase in property crime and stuff around that time, I think. But like the anxiety of it spiked, and then you had all these vigilante movies like Dirty Harry, the Charles Bronson one. I can't think of the name uh, of it. Death Wish. Yeah. yeah. Death Wish. Nasty,
1: um, nasty film.
3: Yeah. They remade that. Yeah, and they made it worse.
1: Yeah, Eli Roth, Bruce Willis, bad.
3: Um, and and then I think like nine eleven. There was the uh, the um the Rodney King, verdict riots. Uh, yeah, and then in the early nineties, and then like, um nine eleven. Yeah, nine eleven. They they really fused not only with the troops but with the fire department. They really stole a lot of fire department valor. No, not enough people talk about that. Right. The cops really took fire department valor. From
0: yeah, that's a good
1: point.
3: Everybody loves cops yeah. or um, fire, uh, firefighters, you know?
1: Yeah, totally. And there's one uh, group that always shows up when you call 911 that is uh, conspicuously left out of that, which is uh, EMTs.
3: EMTs, yeah.
1: Which don't seem to have the same amount of respect in the States as just as an outsider, like observing as uh, fire department people, troops and, and cops. I feel like cops are on the top of that. Totem pole and then then the troops and then fire department. And EMTs are not ever mentioned, you know, which is odd to me. I
2: I would say that's right. It's because EMTs aren't allowed to kill people.
1: Yeah, yeah, I guess.
2: (laughs) They can't just get mad and just inject someone with air on purpose. So they're not cool. I found another playlist called Police Patrolling Playlist, and the description is a playlist that I'm composing of songs that I like that I can listen to while on patrol as a police officer in the future, hopefully.
1: (laughs) Yikes. What's
0: on there?
2: It's all the same shit, like Shine Down. He's got some weird stuff on here, like ASAP Rocky, and It Was a Good Day by Ice Cube. Yeah. Avicii again, Pitbull. Avicii? Yeah. Nickelback again, Keith Urban, Machine Gun Kelly.
1: I love to roll into a neighborhood in an ATV uh ready to tactically suppress uh an uprising and just blast a Yeah.
2: <laughs> Schools Out by Alice Cooper is on here. Cool. Another brick in the wall part too. This would be the lamest cop ever. Rolling yeah. through the neighborhood playing like the greatest classic rock songs ever. Yeah. <laughs> the least final just put, like, countdown. At like Kid rock,
0: bah, with a ba or something. Man.
2: <laughs> the boys are back in town. This is ridiculous.
0: Yeah, that sucks.
2: That also, it's funny that said Rocky
0: is on there with all that other shit.
2: Yeah. He loves the police. The band, the police? Probably.
1: Do any of these playlists have the band, the police on them?
2: No, actually. I guess Roxanne is telling a a woman to follow the law.
1: Yeah, that <laughs> Roxanne is about community policing.
2: You
0: gotta put on the red and blue lights.
2: Oh wow. Oh
3: fuck. Na- nailed
2: it. Yeah. <laughs> nailed it. Yikes. Police tribute songs. Charlie Daniels Taps is on here.
3: Charlie Daniels not a surprise.
2: Taps. Taps. Yeah, why would you listen to Taps on Spotify? It's
0: <laughs> That's like wait, 14 t-
2: seconds long.
3: Taps? You like mean, the like horn the f-
0: thing you play.
3: Yeah, the horn yeah. thing for when soldiers go to sleep? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fucking funny to yeah. listen to that. That's how they
2: lull them to sleep every night.
3: Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't get to bed without my Taps. Yeah.
0: yeah. That'd be a cool playlist. It begins with Taps and then right into Kid Rock's Ball with a Boss. So you have the huge drum fill and everything. Like, that'd be awesome. Well,
3: that Do would they be have Reveille on there? Because then that would at least be some symmetry.
1: Yeah, the morning, just getting up out of bed, throwing <laughs> on your body armor to Reveille. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then the cop's theme song after Police that. Police training music. Imagine Dragons shows up on these a lot. Lupe Fiasco. because lowest common denominator dumb guy music. Yeah. <laughs> Enter Sandman.
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah. In, in his mind, he is the Sandman.
2: It's so funny that there are public playlists on Spotify. So it's just some dumbass kid named Connor who wants to be a cop someday. And he's like, here are my cop songs that I'm going to listen to in my cop car when I'm a big
3: boy. <laughs> oh, that is bleak. <laughs> I hope God.
2: he listens to this
0: episode for some reason and starts crying, but it helps him not become a cop.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: We are on Spotify. Yeah, it's
1: It's cute. true. We'll have we need truly to give this episode a
0: name that, that'll that make it seem pro-cop. <laughs> Get guys like that to click what? on it.
3: Just ha- just call it How this, to Be this a Cop, episode, comma Connor. And then we can maybe... Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this episode is its own playlist for when you're in your patrol car.
1: I'm... Um, I'm hurting my brain right now thinking about an all-cop jam band called Blues Lives Matter. There's gotta
0: be a lot of uh
2: overlap there. And they cover taps for twenty minutes.
3: <laughs> they they noodle around on taps on their guitars. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Eric Clapton fans and cop fans. It's, I, I kind of think the opposite of
0: talking about like pro cop music though this actually gets back to what we talked about the last time you were on here, Ramson, of uh Like, good political music doesn't really do anything politically because, like, all the best political stuff of the 2010s, like, uh, Kendrick Lamar's All Right or, like, the D'Angelo album, all this stuff's really good and it's super popular. Like, those are the albums where I agree with Pitchfork. It was like, all that shit was on the top of their, like, 2010s decade list and I'm like, yeah, that shit rocks. That stuff is very pervasive and people know it, but it doesn't change anything, you know what I mean?
2: No. No. No, Obama just says, oh, uh, let me be clear. Uh, I love the uh, music of uh, Kendrick Lamar. I'm going to continue <laughs> uh, the status quo. Not do anything. Yep. Then it just sort of blows over.
0: Which isn't to say that it's not worth doing, because the music is great, but it just doesn't have any
2: political Yeah, like, you can't expect it to like, change the world. Yeah. It's always been a pipe dream.
3: Yeah, I mean, the music, I think what we, we kind of arrived at last time, or maybe this is just how I'm remembering it, but like, the music gets adapted by the movement, adopted by the movement. So like Kendrick Lamar's, we're going to be all right. was just like uh, it was adopted by a lot of protesters because it's like an uplifting positive, at least the, the hook is like an uplifting sort of like we can do it. We're in this together kind of sound and Mm -hmm. message. And it was, it was the movement elevating it into being a political song. It wasn't like people heard the song and were like, now we're going to seek justice for uh, you know, Trayvon Martin or Mike Brown or um, Eric Garner, you know, it was like it was, it was the movement adopting the song because it fit the moment.
2: Yeah, yeah. I found one by Dale Tuck. uh, Blue Lives Matter, in parentheses, police. (laughs) <laughs> just to make Scott.
1: absolutely sure he's not talking about any yeah. other blue lives
2: <coughs> the police the cops the, the yeah. blue guys police
1: oh, cops
0: he might have been talking yeah. about
2: like a beast from x-men or yeah. something I'm not talking about the guys from avatar yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's a good idea to co-opt blue lives matter is make it about avatar so the police can't have it anymore yeah spam the hashtag with yeah. pictures of the avatar people <laughs> yeah George Strait, The Weight of the Badge is on here, Disturbed Sound of Silence. I guarantee there's fan art out there of all the, um, the Avatar guys as cops. Oh, yeah. Definitely. David Bowie, Heroes. What? No. God, that's, not what, <laughs> that's not what that's about. He did not write that about the police. <laughs> oh, he's got Take a Knee My Ass on here. Remember that? What? Remember Take a Knee My Ass, I Won't Take a Knee by oh Neil McCoy? Oh, my God. That's right. No, I don't know that one. That was like semi viral in uh twenty sixteen, I think. It was um a country song by this guy who's like at Filipino. And he's a country singer and he made this anti Colin Kaepernick song called Take a God Knee <laughs> My Ass and it's like weirdly worded so it sounds like he's like taking <laughs> like knee my ass. Take yeah, a knee. Like, put come the, put on your my knee ass. up his ass. Yeah yeah (laughs) so that's That's on there god bless the usa i fought the law that's the last song these guys just
1: (laughs) man come on
2: (laughs) i'm actually like stunned that there's so few pro
0: cop songs in the lyrics like that Dropkick murphy's one is basically the only one we really found yet
1: yeah sadly yes i mean i'm sure there are some some country songs out there
0: yeah Yeah. there's gotta be some like like,
1: c-list country songs that are like
0: even the majority of sort country of a, guys um, are just like they're outlaws, you know. Like they yeah, don't really they, side with the law either.
2: They're outlaws. They can't really explain why. It's because they like have a motorcycle. They don't break the law, but they still like, have to have their distance
0: from cops. You know, like they can't be explicitly pro cop in those kind of songs.
2: Yeah, it's true. What I just a- got trolled by one of these. It says Blue Lives Matter, and it's got the thin blue line flag. Then I click on it, and it's JPEG Mafia. I just killed a cop. Fuck the police. <laughs> Earl Sweatshirt killing in the name. Oh, oh my, my God. God. I, oh, I got trolled. Are you triggered? I am.
3: Man, that's a good move, Spotify user. <laughs> yeah, they had the same idea we did about Connor.
2: Shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: I really, I'm kind of disappointed in Five Finger Death Punch, or maybe like, maybe we're just not looking hard enough. And it's that, pr- that one person who put the Five Finger Death Punch song on the playlist that wasn't actually pro cop. Maybe they have a pro cop one out there, but those guys like really like to play that up as their image and they're not talking about it in their lyrics. That's crazy to me.
3: They like to play what up in their image that they're, they love just cops. Just being like,
0: yeah, we're for the troops and the cops. Mm-hmm. Actually, one guy quit the band to go be a cop in like Southern Indiana. No shit. Oh, we should actually pull that up. What's that guy's name? I can't remember anymore. We mentioned it on the one of the first episodes, the one with Felix, but
3: what is the um i mean the uh the 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 like sort of musical movements of like I don't know the last the the most influential ones I guess of the last like uh few decades if you take out like electronic music and dance music and stuff, I mean like hip hop, punk, I mean country to some degree like they all were working class or started in working class communities right so like they're not going to have a pro cop aesthetic and then to then try to impose a pro cop aesthetic on it would just be like even if you know a lot of the people listening would agree with you because uh, you know now they're all like milk toast suburbanites or whatever like it's the reason you listen to the music is to be transgressive i guess so yeah. Even if like when push came to shove you'd be like, "No, I'm going to call the cops on my like rowdy neighbors." Like you still don't want to acknowledge you're a herb. Who yeah, like totally. would do that? Yeah, exactly. So you're yeah. still going to be transgressive in the music you listen to and be like, "Yeah, you know, like, you know, whatever. Like I like these punk songs or these uh, you know, hip hop songs that call out cops." There's just not a big enough audience of people willing to admit being nerds, I guess.
1: Yeah.
0: I found the five finger death punch guy who became a cop, and even he's half assing it though. Uh, Jeremy Spencer is a Southern Indiana cop, but the thing is, it's a part time job that he's splitting between Rockport in uh, Indiana and Las Vegas. And he says he hasn't retired from the music business either. I think he's just looking to dip his toes in policing to uh,
1: just get clout,
0: to become that cop band. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, it's like rock camp for cops. <laughs> <laughs> you get to be a cop for two weeks and get your picture taken with all the most famous cops. <laughs> They'll teach quote you how to use him, a
0: taser. The only quote from him in the article is uh, he tells WFIE-TV he's always admired police officers' work, saying, you just see the impact they have on everyone's life. It's so important. You sure do.
2: You're seeing it more and more, the impact... They yeah. have on people's lives. Yeah. The word impact is a good, uh, uh, yeah, poor. double entendre, maybe. Yeah, it's like a fist hitting a face. Yeah. Yeah. Impact.
0: But yeah, Alex, I think maybe you end up running away with the most pro-cop song of all time in Lolly because you're talking
2: about giving a cop top. Yeah. That's pro-cop. Even uh, Five Finger Death Punch is not going to do that.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: They're not
2: secure enough in their masculinity. They say a, they want to give a, a five-finger hand job to every police officer,
3: cowards. You know why are you half-stepping? Like either you believe in them or you don't. You know,
2: yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah,
1: it's a, it's
0: a. We
2: need to get all these like um, pro-cop playlists to add to. <laughs> so many of these uh, blue lives matter playlists start out very on theme, and then get like more and more broad as they go down. This one starts with God Bless the USA, Three Doors Down, Keith Urban, and then eventually it's like Ozzy Osbourne, Skid Row, Poison, <laughs> Warrant, Metallica,
3: Rat. Is this Skid Row song 18 in life? It is.
1: Amen.
2: I don't think is pro cop. No. It is not pro cop. Bad- 18 in life
1: to go. Come on, man.
2: It's another song about enjoying being uh, arrested and sent to prison. Yeah. But
3: yeah, well, it's, yeah so it's. You can like, learn your lesson. It's like I Fought the Law, where it's like, yeah, maybe the lyrics aren't great, but the outcome, yeah. you know, they acknowledge. They <laughs> got the yeah.
2: bad guy. We
1: put <laughs> him behind bars. <laughs> Mission to account- a nice story about good police work. <laughs> I Fought the Law.
2: <laughs> yeah, the thing about that song is it's from the point of view of the bad guy, it's kind of deep that way yeah sometimes none of
0: them have the wire theme song on them but i guess
2: <laughs> the wire
0: seems too boring to a cop
2: they only like the second season the best one so it got it gets down to the bottom and it's like richard marks right here waiting all out of love by air supply wow then by brian adams <laughs> what is this man man these are some weak playlists some
1: cop feelings
2: Hate Me by Blue October. Yes. Ooh, that does make a lot of sense. I haven't have killed anyone in three whole months. That's one accomplishment that you helped me with.
0: Um, I think the best way to make sure Connor doesn't become a cop is just have him listen to other playlists that don't suck and then he'll get bored with the idea of being a cop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Connor, if you're out there, check out Lolly Cops. <laughs>
3: Yeah, test, test your devotion, you know? Check out Lolly Cops. Uh,
2: what are you willing to do to support the police? <laughs> That's the question. In this trying time. Are you willing to sacrifice your mouth and ass? <laughs> <laughs> or are you a fair weather friend to the blue men? <laughs> the cops.
0: That's a good uh, fair weather friend to the blue men is a good pro cop song right there, waiting to happen.
1: It's calling out five-figure death punch. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah who is only willing to be a part-time cop.
1: That's right.
3: <laughs> like Shaq. Shaq was a part-time cop, right? Really? Didn't he get his didn't he get his law enforcement degree and then become like a sheriff's deputy?
0: I feel like that's right, but <laughs> I don't remember.
3: I really hope that's true and I'm not slandering Shaq. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, Shaquille O'Neal applies to be police officer in Doral, Florida.
0: Yeah, and in 2017 he claimed he was going to run for sheriff in 2020. Pretty sure that didn't happen, hopefully,
1: but...
3: (laughs) Don't do it, Shaq.
1: Don't do it.
2: How does he show his face in public after he got humiliated by Aaron Carter?
3: Yeah, dude.
0: That song rocked.
3: How did he get humiliated by Aaron Carter?
0: Well, Aaron Carter had the song about how he beat the shit out of Shaq at basketball. (laughs) It's a pickup game, and then Shaq shows up. He put it in the hoop like slam. Yeah, doesn't Aaron Carter do a voice in that song, like low pitch shack voice he tries to do?
2: Does he? I don't know if he would have I, I been capable of doing that.
0: Like, I think he was pitch shifted. I can't remember. Um, I'm going to look up the lyrics.
2: It was probably the same guy who did Damn That's a Cold Ass Honky in the Macklemore song. Oh my God.
3: Ugh. Dude, so how do you remember lame. this shit? Oh, yeah. God damn, that's really excavating some <laughs> suffering right there. Some trauma, <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, uh, holy <laughs> shit! Eddie Money was a cop in New York in the seventies. He was a street oh, yeah,
2: that's that's right.
1: He was a street cop. Uh, yeah, the,
3: Edward oh, Mahoney.
1: Shit. Edward Mahoney. Edward O. Mahoney. Uh, oh
3: shit! So, so like in Serpico times. Yeah, yeah. Damn.
1: The battle day. Uh, Dan Aykroyd and Elvis Presley both honorary police officers.
3: Damn. Yeah, Dan Aykroyd has like some weird—I um, don't know how to put it—compulsion around it. Like he carries his badge around with him everywhere. Like he—he he can't leave the house with it or something.
1: Yeah, he has. He started something called the Blue Line Foundation, which is like uh, his own personal donation fund to like local police forces. So it's not great.
2: Finally, someone's giving them some money. Yeah. <laughs> exactly <Yeah. laughs> they
3: can stop with the bake
2: sales yeah
1: they need supplies they need <laughs> they need high test fuel for the armored personnel carriers there's a there's a raging debate in in canada right now whether uh winnipeg police department needs a uh apc with a gun turret on it Jesus Christ! yeah which you guys just want to be america uh winnipeg yeah yeah which which to me is like i mean it's like the ultimate like american uh brain poisoning kind of creeping over the border you know like i understand the sort of mechanics of like uh the war- the, the, the like endless war in iraq and afghanistan resulting in like surplus military hardware and that being given to the police and what I, I understand it in an american context but in a winnipeg context i don't understand it at all yeah and
0: that idea has just metastasized now yeah it's, like, a th- oh, it's, it's a why don't we get that it's shit?
1: part of this like police culture thing and their their argument is amazing they're like they're just getting into like a semantic argument over the people some journalists called it a tank and they're like it's not actually a tank it's uh a light, uh, social, social, <laughs> it's, it's a light, social... It's a magazine. It's a suppression vehicle. It does have a gun turret on it. Uh, it's just like, fucking get rid of it. Fuck you, defund police. <laughs> like,
2: it's probably going to fall through ice. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Win, Winnipeg has so many more problems than giving the police department a pretend tank. Like.
3: <laughs> yeah, like location. Yeah. You got to get it out of there.
1: The coldest winter in North America, you know.
3: That's a scary thing. I mean, like you said, it's the sort of cop culture metastasizing, but it's also like what happens when you create an industry, right? Like the war on terror created this counterinsurgency industry that was both like the armaments, but also the consultancies and the private contractors. And then like when that war started ramping down because capitalism, they had to find new markets. So the new market was the United States and now that they've like reached essentially like saturation like there's nothing else for us to sell to these fucking police departments yeah like, yeah we've given them the most ludicrous shit so now it's like all right well we need new markets cuz you always have to be expanding so now they're going to canada and god knows where else
1: absolutely yeah, and that totally. that, that that's, that's industry right. comes with its own uh you know self-styled like grifters and experts who are who are essentially yeah they're consultants which is why you get you know, American police officers training in Israel with the IDF, you know, like, like that, that is, that is not good. That is, that is not going to create, like, if you roll into a neighborhood, like, like an occupying force, people are going to treat you like an oppressor. I I think that's, I think that's the root of a lot of the anger at these protests, you know, like, I mean, besides every, everything else, there's this sort of psychological projection that's been done in, in these communities not just in the states but here too like Toronto Edmonton Winnipeg downtown Vancouver like this mindset has been adopted and I think there's a good argument to be made that it came from this counterinsurgency uh industry you know and the, cult- the consultancy groups around it the advisors
2: yeah so i think the moral is we got to invade the middle east again <laughs> That's the yeah. only way to <laughs> offshore all this equipment <laughs> Or else they're going to point the tanks at us
1: Take the pressure off, man <laughs> <laughs> you, guys you send we the should, tank somewhere To do just a fake war where you, uh, America invades the southern part of British Columbia Just for a little while, you know Not a shooting war, just uh, just roll some military hardware in We can buy some military hardware, take the pressure off everybody
3: Yeah, I mean, I could see somebody being like Look, we ha- you had your chance, we were going to do a war in Iran but you guys got all upset about it. and said yeah. you didn't want to do it.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, dude, you're totally right though. And that's that's what it. You get. This is what you get. This is what you get yeah. for not signing off on a potential nuclear Holocaust or like, or like wiping out <laughs> an entire fucking country, you know, because somebody has got a war boner and they don't know where to stick it. Oh, oh fuck. Oh, we we'll just stick it in fucking, we'll stick it in Minneapolis, you know, like fuck you. <laughs>
3: yeah. I mean, it's like, look, just sail it out into the middle of the ocean on a barge, like all the equipment and just like leave it on the barge in the middle of the ocean and tell us there's a war if that if that's really what you need.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's, that's leave it. the soldiers there too. Something
0: <laughs> Maybe in the interest of ending on like a semi-positive note, I was thinking back recently on this group that I volunteered for maybe like six or seven years ago called Cure Violence. And I think that sometimes when you talk about like police abolition, people have a hard time like imagining what that means or what it could look like, you know, but cure violence is one of those groups that I think is already doing one aspect of what that looks like, where it's this group where they usually get like, it's usually people who've done like prison time and, or were part of a gang in like a certain neighborhood or whatever. They go back into the neighborhood that they were from and they develop relationships with the kids who are like 16 or 17 or whatever in the same neighborhood going through the same things and essentially just mentor them and de-escalate violent situations. And like the neighborhoods that they have the funding to do it in, it lowers shootings and killings by like huge like forty to seventy percent, like huge numbers, you know? Um and they essentially develop like personal relationships where if things are like heating up in a neighborhood and there's some kind of conflict, the kids feel safe enough calling these people and be like, yo, can you come over here and like help us figure out what to do? And it, it works remarkably well the problem is always just like securing funding. Right. But yeah, there's, there's people already doing stuff like that, that uh, for all of the, pl- you know, like the, the Chicago chapter of that has its own saga where like the guy who was the head of it for a while be- ended up being like a domestic abuser and all this shit, like, you know, these, these personal things get in the way and there's all kinds of like struggles that, uh, hamper it, I guess. But the actual, like the underlying idea of it, I think is very good. And it fucking works, you know,
3: if, if- yeah. And in, in Richmond, California, they had uh, a really successful, I haven't checked on it in a, in, a, in a while, but for at least for the first few years of it, it was a really successful program where they essentially just paid people not to be do crime, <laughs> not to do crime. They just did like yeah. c- direct cash payments uh, to people who were kind of like violence interrupters, but also just like could identify the most at-risk youth for right. crime. Yeah, that's exactly just, like,
0: what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. They just made sure people had cash in their pocket. Um, and like it was a city government program. Like it wasn't just like a nonprofit getting money from the Ford foundation or whatever to do it. It was like yeah, yeah. a public program and it, it reduced violence in, in the, in the targeted like districts significantly for years. Yeah. Like it's so, moved.
0: that's just so smart, dude. Like, and the amount that it would cost to scale it up is not as much as like Chicago pays 1.7 billion to the police every year. Yeah. It would not cost that much to do these kind of programs at scale. No, but I, I mean, the, to put an optimistic spin on it, it, I think that those kinds of approaches show that it's possible. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't, ex- I'm not optimistic enough to think that cities are going to do the right thing, but hopefully they'll do less of the wrong thing.
1: I, th- <laughs> I think like, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I think this counts across, across borders, but I think municipally, uh, because of this insane sort of separate culture that's developed around police departments i i think municipal officials are afraid of the cops you know and uh and i i but i also think that their need to stay in power uh might hopefully affect some change if people people have shown how much they detest current police departments you know like like so so maybe there will be a change. Maybe maybe these agencies will get defunded. I don't know.
2: Eventually something has to change because like the original crop of super pro-police mayors, like tough on crime mayors came from the 70s, 80s crime surge. Right. And crime rates have been dropping forever. So eventually it gets to a point where there like isn't this fear of crime. No matter how much the media tries to gin it up, and people look at the police and the disparity between the amount of crime there actually is and how many tanks the police in Minneapolis have and decide it can't continue. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You can't enforce this, like, uh, you can't enforce this occupation forever. Uh, It's just going to keep getting more expensive. Um, and uh like deteriorate th- that 's the thing is like it causes violence it causes the deterioration of the of the the social fabric it doesn't like their idea is that we can like wall it off, yeah with police, but like the police are actually causing the tears um like the entire cities are becoming less safe because of it um and like yeah that's not sustainable i think I think a change will come um and I think it'll be uh It'll be pretty, you know, it won't be everything we want, but it'll be pretty sudden and it it will fix some stuff. So I, I, I have hope some so. guarded I hope so optimism. Too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think guarded optimism is the exact right thing to have. I hope it's, I'm not going to get my hopes up so that if something good does happen, then I'll feel good about it. Yeah. F- for right. real.
1: <laughs> I think the fact that the police know that people aren't, people A, are not afraid of them and B, fucking hate them is good. <laughs> you know, like, like I, I think that's I think that's a step in the right
3: direction
0: Yeah let's hope Yeah um, But yeah Ramson thanks for being here
3: Yeah of course thanks so much for having me guys It's always good to talk to you God yeah.
1: bless Yeah thanks for being yeah, sure. on man
3: I want to give time to you